Welcome to The Creator's Adventure, where we interview creators from around the world hearing their stories about growing a business. Today, I'm talking with a Marine-turned-entrepreneur who quickly grew his brand in the crowded space of personal finance. We're going to talk about how he did it and what exactly are the key moments or steps that helped get him there. Hey, everyone. I'm Brian McAnulty, the founder of Heights Platform. Let's start the show. Hey everyone, we're here today with David Perret. He was an active duty Marine for 13 years. In 2015, he purchased his first real estate investment. And in five years, he went from a negative net worth to a millionaire with 100 plus rental units. Today, he runs an online community called From Military to Millionaire, where he helps service members, veterans, and their families learn how to build wealth through real estate investing, entrepreneurship, and personal finance. David, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, brother. So my first question for you is, what would you say is either the biggest thing that you are doing or that you did do that's helped you achieve the freedom that to do the things you enjoy? Yeah, I mean, I, I really, it was just, it was baby steps. It was, uh, you know, I got into house hacking, so I bought a duplex and I lived in one side of it and rented the other. And then I think the along the whole journey, it was just trying to maintain lower expenses while building the, you know, real estate portfolio so that I was able to reinvest the income that I was making in order to build the portfolio faster, right? So it was just continuing to reinvest as I built. So when I'd make a little bit extra money, it would go back in the business. When I would sell a property and make a profit, that would go into another property. And then being able to roll forward like that allowed me to uh, build the portfolio and buy properties faster in order to achieve financial freedom much earlier than if I was actually, you know, uh, touching the cash flow as they say, and, and actually, Oh, Hey, I made an extra hundred bucks this month. Let me go buy an mm. Xbox or whatever. Got it. Okay. Um, yeah, I want to definitely get into all this. So first of all, thank you for your service. Um, I, I understand here, like now your goal is kind of to help people in the military, like learn how they can be financially free and independent. Um, so your first deal, uh, in 2015, it was the duplex, um, we saw you mentioning of how it was like house hacking. And uh, I think you kind of touched on what that is. Um, can you explain that for people who are not familiar? Yeah, it, house hacking is like, it can be a, a duplex, it can be a single family, or I mean, there's a lot of different ways to do it. You can do it with a single family where you rent out bedrooms in the single family house, but you can do it with a duplex or a triplex or a fourplex where you rent the different units in the house and you live in one of them. And if it's a fourplex, you rent the other three. And basically you are, you know, housing's your most expensive. Um, it, it's your largest expense really. And no matter what market you live in, um, housing is generally your largest expense. And so if you can go from having to pay two or $3,000 a month in, in rent or mortgage to buying a place and then having your tenants pay the majority of your rent or, or what would have been you know, your rent expenses, um, in order for you to own this house, you know, they're paying down your mortgage for you. They're helping you pay your taxes and maybe you're still coming out of pocket a little bit, but it's a lot less than you would have been paying to rent a space. Well, the money that you're saving there can now get reinvested elsewhere, whether that's into, 
your education to learn more about real estate or that's reinvesting into your next property or just saving to build that big cash position to, you know, in case something goes wrong along the way. Um, but you can save and invest that money that you would have been spending on rent or, or on a mortgage for just a normal house uh, while you're learning to be a landlord and you're, you know, someone else is paying down your mortgage and you're getting the appreciation if the house goes up in value and uh, you're getting depreciation, you're getting tax benefits, right? And uh, it's just like, it's just a really good way to get your feet wet, right? Especially because if you think about it, investing is kind of scary, right? Like a lot of people, they struggle to get started with real estate because everyone hears about all the horror stories with tenants or, uh, you know, you buy a house and all these things go wrong or, um, there's, there's a million ways to not, or reasons to not get started with rental properties. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of the American dream to buy a house, right? So it's funny because if like you go and you tell your parents, you want to buy a rental property, that's three States away from you. There's a really good chance they're going to try to talk you out of it. But if you tell your same parents that you want to buy a house, for you to live in, there's a pretty good chance they might encourage you. And so if you buy a fourplex that you live in and rent three bedrooms to, you know, three units to tenants, instead of people trying to talk you out of it, they'll probably encourage you. And so it's a really like neutral way to get into investing and learning about it and get a lot of those benefits without the, you know, not nearly as much risk and, a lot less intimidating and plus you get the benefits of you know if you're a veteran a zero down VA loan and if you're not a veteran then a three and a half percent down FHA loan uh, which you know if you're investing you're looking at a 20 or 25 percent down loan with a two or three percent higher interest rate so uh, it's just all around a better option awesome yeah that was a great explanation so how did you get the idea then of uh, starting from military to millionaire can you kind of walk us through that yeah, it wasn't really, I can't even take credit for the idea. About three years after I started buying real estate, I was wanting to learn. I was thinking about writing a book and asked a friend of mine, you know, how he learned to write. And he recommended that I start a blog. And when we were trying to talk through different ideas for what that might look like, we came up with the idea of essentially just like documenting what I was learning in real estate. So just kind of documenting my journey, right? Like, Hey, today I'm talking about this or today I'm learning about this or, Hey, this is something interesting. I learned about buying a apartment or I'm making offers on this or, um, you know, whatever, whatever that was, um, which is, which is why it originally, there's some really weird articles on there at the beginning. Um, there's an article on there about how to use the advanced search features on Google, because I thought that being able to use Google to get, better advanced or better search results was an efficient thing to learn, um, which I don't really use that well anymore. But, you know, uh, so there's some very interesting things in the early stages there. But over time that people kind of started following along and, and actually other service members and vets really started asking questions. And so I'd get three or four people would say, well, hey, I heard this about the VA loan. I don't understand this. Can you explain? And I'd go, Oh man, a lot of people are asking me about this. Let me go do a lot of research and I'd write an article about that. And then now that would start to pick up on Google or 
you know, and then there'd be other questions and then I'd answer those questions. And so my content strategy basically just started being, what questions am I hearing a lot? Let me answer those. Um, and I'd, you know, try to target my SEO that way. And then at some point the community just kind of took off and I've never actually been able to pinpoint why. I don't know if it's just because I'm like this genuine normal dude who was kind of making things work. Um, I don't know if it's because the name is just catchy. I don't know if it's just because other people in the community were really helpful and spreading the word or uh, I have really no idea what the catalyst was. There's not a post that went super viral that I can point to and say that's what took off. Uh, so well, like, I don't really how, have any how idea what the catalyst feel, was. How long was it do you feel until it started taking off? Oh, it was like two years. So it was, you know, like for example, the the Facebook group was the thing that kind of took off. So the Instagram had some decent traction um, and everything was kind of like slow and steady. But I remember one day, it was like probably spring 2020, the Facebook group had maybe five or 6,000 people in it. And it was growing like maybe 100 people a week uh, that we would get to request to join. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like a light switch. And it jumped from that to like a hundred people a day and then 200 people a day and then 300 people a day. And then I had to bring in a VA to help me, you know, and it was like, all of a sudden we went from like spring, you know, March, April of 2020 to at like six, 7,000 people to the same time next year, the next year we're at, you know, 25,000 people. And then now we're 22, we're at 50,000 people. And, and so it went from, I mean, it was just crazy. It was like it took from 2018 to 2020 to get from zero to like 6,000 people. And then the within 12 months, we were at 6,000 to like 25. And, uh, and there was no change. It wasn't like I was running ads or I mean, Facebook group doesn't have SEO or, you know, there's no like organic traffic to it. It's just word of mouth, I guess. I don't know. I mean, you can't really market to it. So I don't really have any idea what kind of took off there but yeah well, and it's a fi- it's a private group too so people can't even see other people's posts in it unless they're in the group yeah i, I think though that some important points uh to mention like for somebody else is number one the consistency like that you worked at it for two years and like when you do that like something like this can happen maybe you don't know the exact reason or, or what to like attribute to why but um i would say it's in part it has to be because of that consistency and just constantly doing it. And I think it's also important how you mentioned that, like you just started, you made sure that you made this blog, you started talking about things that you were learning and too many people will make the mistake of saying like, I don't know what I should talk about. I don't know, like what would people want to hear exactly from me? And they don't try anything and they, they kind of get paralyzed before that. And, and you took the action to say like, I'm going to make this blog. I'm going to just start talking about things. And then you learn from that and that, that helped you grow to what you are today. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think consistencies plays a huge role in pretty much any platform. I mean, there's a reason they say, right, most plat- most, post- most podcasts don't make it past like episode 20 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I actually told my, my uh, assistant at one point that uh, it was like six months ago. Um, I, I finally told her, I was like, hey. If a podcast reaches out, unless I get to be episode one, or it's like 
a personal friend that I make the intro to you. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't have 25, just tell them, hey, reach back out after you have 25. And it wasn't even really because of that statistic. It was just because, uh, unfortunately, I got burned a few times where I mm. had podcasts that I recorded with. And then, like, they just stopped like they shut the podcast down before the episode even went live. And I was oh, wow, like, yeah. okay, now I'm getting my, now it's, now it's wasting my time. So yeah, yeah it was a bummer. I was like, ah, oh, not fun anymore. Like I, I have no problem jumping on. I had never said no to a single podcast before that, but then I was like, all right, now that's like, it happened like three times in like the same month. And I was like, it's really weird coincidence. It's probably time I set up a barrier to make sure this doesn't happen again. Yeah, definitely. But unfortunate. So uh, back to like the finances then, what would you say is maybe like the biggest mistakes that young men in the military would tend to make financially? And then uh, after that, how can they start to plan their future while they're still in the military? Yeah, uh, cars and uh, probably chasing tail, uh, alcohol, <laughs> you know, tattoos. Um, Cars and motorcycles and, and, and going fast seem to be, uh, and I'm guilty of that too. I mean, by the time I was 25, I'd owned five, maybe six vehicles, uh, a Harley, a S2000, a bunch of junky sports cars, a truck, and a bunch of firearms, um, a bunch of tattoos, uh, you know, all the things. But I, yeah, I would say uh, there's this, like a... It's not even a stigma. I think I think what it is is that the people who are attracted to the military, like the the, the young, like eighteen year old men who are generally attracted to the military, I'm not going to say they're like the, the, you know, the alpha male, but they are generally the, like they're the more adrenaline driven, masculine, like your typical, red blooded American male who likes to go fast and jump out of things or climb things or, you know, that's the type of persona, right? Yeah. Um, and so they join. And then for the first time ever, they actually have some money and they, they don't, you know, when you first join, especially if you're single, you don't have a housing cost. You live in the barracks. You don't really have a food cost. You got the chow hall. You don't have healthcare. You don't have like, everything's covered. So your paycheck literally just goes through. You, you can spend it anywhere. You could literally blow it the day you get paid. And you're still going to have food. You're still going to, you know, so, so it's very easy to be like, oh, wow, I can afford to buy a brand new, you know, Mustang 5.0 or whatever that thing is. Uh, and a sports bike and a tattoo. And, uh, and so that's usually what happens, um, which is unfortunate because it's like, man, you know, uh, time, like compound interest, you know, the eighth wonder of the world and time is the fastest and best tool for wealth building. And so it's like, man, if you could just decide to hold off for five or six years for all your toys, you could buy much cooler toys because that <laughs> first five years, if you could dedicate a little bit of effort to put some money aside and investing the right way, yeah, you'd make a, a real dent in some net worth. But, yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's the kind of thing that like, we're just not really taught um, yet. Um, so well, and the reality is like, even me, if someone had told me that when I was 18, I, who knows if I would have listened, right? True. True. <laughs> so then, then how can they start planning their future? Or what would you say that, um, that people should consider while they're still in the military other than just not spending all of it? Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing is, uh, at, at least 
they should contribute to the the TSP, which is the Thrift Savings Plan, which is our version of the 401k. Uh, the moment they join the military, like even at, like at boot camp, they're going to get the option to set it up, and they should at least contribute enough to get the five percent matching contribution. So they should at least contribute five percent. I would consider or say that they should contribute more than that. Um, and I would say they should do it off the bat, right? Because if they contribute zero and they start receiving a full paycheck and then they decide to contribute, now it feels like a, it's it's hard, right? Mm-hmm. But if they say, hey, I'm going to contribute 20% from like the day they're in boot camp, they've never received a paycheck before, then they never noticed that that 20% is missing. And so they have no idea. And so I would say like if you could get to boot camp and say 20% before you ever see a paycheck, then you're going to get that 5% match. So now 25% of your paycheck for the entire time you're in the military is going to go straight into this tax-advantaged account and compound forever. And, and you just do that for like your first enlistment, first few years. And then you can stop and go invest elsewhere, and that thing will just ride until retirement, take care of you. Um, and if you if you could do that, I think that's a huge first step. Uh, and then if you really wanted to crank that up a notch, then every time you got a pay raise, which in the military is your every year, your first four years, and then every other year after that, plus every promotion. But every time you got a pay raise, just increase that allocation 1%. You're still getting, you probably get 2 3% pay raise every time you get a pay raise. So if you get a 3% pay raise and you increase your allocation 1%, you're still getting a pay raise, right? You just maybe a little bit less and you're allocation increases and before you know it you're matching you're maximizing your twenty thousand dollars every year in this thing and by the time you actually retire you've got millions of dollars in this tax advantaged account um and you did nothing it was 100 percent hands off the entire time other than maybe once a year you tweaked a number once <laughs> um pretty sweet uh, so i love that because it's like the single most passive investment you can possibly make Uh, Outside of that, I mean, surround yourself with people who are good with their money. You know, don't blow your money on stupid, depreciable assets. Uh, Learn basic finance stuff. And, you know, I'm not definitely not going to tell you not to enjoy life. Enjoy life. Have fun. But just, you know, be smart about how you do it. Right. Like there's a there is a way to get or achieve anything and everything that you want in life. You just have to be creative and smart about how you do it. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I like that you mentioned to enjoy life because while some will make the mistake of blowing all their money, others will make the mistake of maybe being a little bit too cautious and yeah. and waiting for a time that may never come instead of enjoying themselves along the way. And uh, it, yeah, as you said, you have to be creative, but there is a way that you can take advantage of all the resources available to you to kind of maximize that for yourself. I agree. Cool. So uh, you have your online business from military to millionaire, and you're still investing in real estate. Is that correct? That is correct. So what would you say like is your... uh, Last week. Okay, cool. What would you say is your main, like, uh, I guess, like time expenditure and then like revenue? Is it still like mainly the real estate or is it mainly like now the, the military to millionaire? Is that the focus? Oh, I would say currently time expenditure is the brand. Uh, Revenue fluctuates. Um, Earlier in the year, it was definitely real estate heavy on the revenue side. Uh, Currently transitioning towards the brand. Uh, More just because I I was running a wholesaling company 
earlier this year. So, you know, find a deal off market, uh, buy it at a super low price. And I, instead of doing the house flip myself, um, which I would do some of, right, I would maybe say I get four or five deals a month. I would take one or two of them to renovate myself. And then the other two or three, I would just give to another investor and I would mark it up a little bit. They still get a good deal. Homeowner still gets the price they asked for. I get the middle spread. Um, it basically keeps my marketing costs covered so that I can continue to market. Um, so I was doing that till end of April and then I actually sold that company. So till April, we did 16 deals, January through April. And that brought in, you know, probably probably averaging $20,000 a month net from that. Um, and then we kept four properties from those renovations and sold two of them. And then I've got one more that I should be listing next week. That'll be a flip that I'm going to sell. Uh, so the revenue from that was great. Uh, once I sold that, I've been kind of trying to figure out if I want to do renovations again, or I think where I'm really going to start putting effort in is either buying larger deals with kind of my network, um, or I'm interested in getting into development. So hmm. maybe putting a team together to buy or build um, like apartments or like condo towers or uh, office towers or, or something. I just like the idea of being involved in a deal that I can, you know, walk by with my kids someday and go, that's ours or we built that or, you know, I had a part in that rather than like right now, a large portion of my portfolio is like, do I want to watch my kid walk by this and go, watch out for the crackhead, but we own that thing. It's, uh, don't go too close. You might get a disease, but it, it pays its own mortgage, you know? Um, cause when I first started, I didn't have any money. So I was having to buy in rough neighborhoods because in rougher neighborhoods, prices are really low and you can get really good deals because the prices are suppressed and the rents are higher per purchase price. And so it makes more sense on a gross rent to expense ratio. You know, you buy in nice neighborhoods, it doesn't cash flow as well and it takes more cash. So when you're first starting out, you go higher leverage and you go crummier neighborhoods, which is great for building cash flow and getting financial freedom. Once you get a little bit of money, you realize this headache is not worth it anymore. It's time to start selling off some of this portfolio and move to things that are actually fulfilling and, and not stressful. And that's kind of the transition I'm trying to figure out as I, uh, so I'm focusing a little bit more heavily on the brand because it is very fulfilling. Uh, it's more scalable as well. Um, I don't know about more scalable, but I'm, I'm a people person. I like networking. I like content. Um, so for me, it fits my personality really well, uh, more so than dealing with the homeless people that want to break into my property. So, you know, trying to, trying to navigate that. Got it. Yeah. So, uh, for like all of our creators and entrepreneurs listening to this or watching this right now, um, we heard like you have this Facebook group, uh, with over 50,000 members. Um, we also noticed ourselves that you're pretty popular on YouTube as well. Um, and I understand like some of that, we're not really sure maybe where the massive growth started to happen, um, like what caused it necessarily, but like something has to be working because you're not losing the members, they're, they're still growing, right? So um, yeah. I guess like what else would you think uh, might be helping you grow um, for others out there who want to 
be growing and get to a similar level that you're at. Um, like, would you say maybe is any of it partly due to like the positioning of just maybe there's not as many resources around uh, for like veterans um, or like specifically like being in the niche of like saying like, well, I don't want to just help people in real estate. I want to help veterans get involved in real estate. Um, or do you think it's other things like I'm not saying it's not uh, your own skill and, and creativity and everything. So like other things that you're it's doing not, that, that, that could be uh, helping that um, to let's, grow. Let's be real. I'm, I'm not super attractive and I'm not that talented and I definitely had no skills with a camera or writing or anything when I started. I failed an English class in high school and I have a Marine Corps education. So we can get all that out of the way. It is not anything that I'm doing that's that side of the world. Uh, I, I really think if you were to scale it all the way back and you were to ask the audience, um, I think what it really boils down to is congruency, right? Like, so I'm consistent. So I, I mean, if you look at my YouTube, I put up, I've got over 700 videos published. Wow. Are they the best? No, not a single one of them has over 150,000 views, which according to the algorithm is like flipping impossible to have that many view videos and not one of them have <laughs> gone over 150,000 views, right? Like I have more videos than Graham Stephan and I don't have, I mean, I don't have all of my videos combined have less views than like a single video of his kids, right? So, you know, the algorithm just hates me, um, <laughs> but I'm consistent. So we got that. Uh, I think it's the fact that I'm, I'm congruent, right? Like I, I align with the audience. I'm genuine. People know exactly what they're going to get. I say what I mean. I mean, what I say, I have no problem calling someone out. Like if I see something that I don't like, I have no problem being like, hey, this is wrong and this person thinks this crap don't stink and it does and here's why and this is BS and don't don't buy into this crap and you know whatever um, they know that I'm not gonna sell something I don't believe in they know that I'm not gonna push something that I wouldn't use myself um, they know that I'll call people out who do exactly that. Uh, they know that I'll call someone out if I see them buying followers. I'll be like, oh, look at this guy. Uh, you know, so so there's like a, an, like a side of the coin there that's just the fact that like my audience likes the fact that I'm kind of blunt and, uh, you know, it, it's a service member thing, right? I can, I can say things like that and they appreciate it. But I do think that there's definitely a side of it that's just the niche, just knowing that I speak to these people. Everyone else is welcome. 80% of what I talk about is applicable to anybody, mm -hmm. right? Like talk about 401ks. Anybody can have a 401k or an index fund or an IRA. Like, great. But if I talk about the thrift savings plan, it's the same thing except just a different version, you know. Um, so, but I just, you know, I just niched down into that. And, but I think that speaking to that audience and having that avatar in mind and just knowing that I'm just talking to a group of service members and having been a service member for 13 years and knowing how that, how to communicate with them just works out really well for me. So I think if you're building a community, if you can know exactly who you're talking to and be yourself, I think one of the things that hurts people is, um, you know, I just told someone this today. He reached out to me asking me to, mentor him on building a platform and he wants to build a platform showing people how to be an entrepreneur. Cool. Uh, but he hasn't, he wants me to mentor him on 
being an entrepreneur so that he can show people how to be an entrepreneur because he hasn't ever done anything entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. And I was basically, I was like, hey, pump the brakes. You need to learn how to be an entrepreneur before you can show that. So either you need to go do some entrepreneurial stuff and then you can do that later. Or you need to think through this and reframe it to where you're documenting your journey to learn how to be an entrepreneur and you're documenting your entrepreneurial journey. And over time you can gradually transform that to where you are becoming the expert. But people try to frame themselves as an expert right off the bat and it's just not genuine, right? So you gotta be that, that genuine, like meet the audience where you are currently in your journey and then over time get to that you know, expert status or whatever. And I think that's part of what helped me out was I was just like, I'm this guy, I'm learning this thing. I've bought two properties and I'm going to do this, you know, and then people got to watch along the way where it's like, and we bought a hotel and we bought an apartment and we bought an RV park and we bought, you know, and we bought 16 houses in the last four months. And now we bought, you know, so uh, it kind of yeah. just scaled and people saw that rather than me coming in with two par- properties under my belt going, I'm a millionaire, which I was not. So, yeah, I, I think that's great. I think the, the congruency is a super, super important point. So you had not just the, the specific niche and not just the consistency, but that congruency and that, that authenticity. And uh, I think that um, really like that, that is the ingredient because uh, a lot of people, like as you're saying, like the, the person that came to you, um, there, there's people who may just be worried. It's not even just like a lack of skills maybe that doesn't align with what they're trying to talk about. But it could just be like a, a concern that like of the kind of people that they want to attract or they're worried about offending somebody or something like that. Um, like, honestly, like if if your intentions are not to go out and like blatantly offend people, um, then it doesn't really matter. You know, it's better to just be yourself and do Absolutely. what you want to do. And when you're genuine like that, it shows through and you'll attract like the audience that's meant for you anyway. Um, yeah, yep. there's going to be people that eventually are haters, but you can't you can't get the haters unless you you grow big enough with your audience. So, um, yeah, the congruency I think oh, is super important. I have so much fun with the haters too. <laughs> I, I've always viewed that as engagement. I get super petty. Like people will comment, you know, stupid stuff, and I will just just egg them on. My friends are always like, dude, what are you doing? You're wasting so much negative energy. I'm like, do you see this smile? Does this look like negative energy? Like, I am loving this. They are so mad on the other side of their phone. (laughs) So what would you say are your future plans and goals uh, for from military to millionaire? (sighs) It's hard to say uh, because I never expected it to grow into this. So I've been kind of struggling with that because it's like, I didn't have a vision for it to get to this point. I had no idea what was going to happen. I want my, I'm really trying to increase the value within my mastermind community to make it just a no brainer for people to stick there. Uh, Looking to increase, uh, create an inner circle within the community, like a a higher tier, Um, doing uh, some more small, small group, like higher ticket coaching. And then we're building out a, uh, like a nationwide real estate brokerage. Uh, I already have like a nationwide, uh, like recommended professionals team of agents and lenders. And we're just kind of trying to bring that all under the brand umbrella. Um, really just for quality control, right? If I, if everything's kind of under one roof, 
then it's much easier to have the same processes and systems than it is when it's like this guy's with Keller Williams and this guy's with EXP and this guy's with Caldwell Banker and they're all great agents, but they all use way wildly different systems. So uh, trying to work through all that and flesh out what I want to do with real estate and somewhere in all of that uh, spend time with family and traveling uh, and then the, the ultimate vision is is ultimately just to help as many service members and vets as possible achieve financial freedom so that they can you know the the big stigma with with veteran community is is the the veteran you know suicide and homelessness and I think both can be solved by helping people you know get their personal finances in order which is easy and we can fix that very easily we're doing it in the community every day uh, and the suicide piece is, is finding purpose right and a lot of veterans struggle with that because they leave the military and their identity was tied to being in the military and so we can also help fix that by getting them in a community of service members and vets who are serious about you know becoming investors and helping develop their communities and so I think that through what we're doing within the community, we can solve both of those problems. I don't really know how that manifests itself yet, but that's the long-term goal. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, so what is, I probably should have asked this earlier, but what is like the main product that you're selling then within from Militarily Millionaire? Uh, probably the book, the <laughs> um, OBS guide to military life. Uh, the 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 crown jewel, I suppose, is the the membership, which is just a you know a, a mastermind group. So it's just like the the you know almost everything I do is just free because I just genuinely want to help people. Uh, we do have a monthly membership uh, that is the the War Room Mastermind Group, and it's more or less just the like the private community where I bring in, you know, guest speakers and, uh, we bring it like members do presentations and there's like accountability groups and, uh, office hour calls and we have master classes and stuff like that. And really the only reason, you know, that that's a paid, not the only reason at this point, because now there's like employees and stuff, but originally the only reason that that was a paid community is because I'd been in a lot of masterminds. And every time I'd been in a free mastermind, it hadn't made it past 30 days without just crumbling. And so with a little buy-in, people actually stuck around. So I was like, well, if we do a small buy-in, maybe people will stick around and this will become a cool community. And uh, man, I'm glad I did that because the community's grown into, I mean, there's guys in there doing $200,000 a month in wholesaling and you know, $5 million a year in online businesses or or multifamily investing, or I mean, there's a guy who just bought a $10 million uh, Bronco restoration company and almost 10X'd it in the last two years. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy, some of the stuff that's going on in that uh, little community. And I'm like, man, I never expected this to happen. So it's it's cool. Awesome. All right, so I got I one more question. Any of that, but it's cool. Yeah, I got one more question for you. Um, if you could ask our audience anything then, um, if there's anything that you're curious about anything that you want our audience to think about um, after what we just talked, what would you ask them? All right. You said introspective counted, so mm -hmm. I'm going to cheat, and I'm just going to reframe my favorite piece of advice that I've been giving lately, okay. um, and we're going to use that as an introspective question. So every time somebody gives you advice, ask yourself, 
is this person who's giving me advice, or I guess the right way to word this as a question would be, does the person who just gave me that piece of advice, are they an expert in the field that they're giving me advice on? And do they live the life that I want to live? And filter all of the advice you receive through that lens. And be introspective in that way and you'll succeed. And, and I guess the clarification on what you're looking for with that answer is the example that I've been giving lately is like, your parents love you. They, pro they probably do, I hope. And if not, just pretend they do. If you're an orphan, I'm sorry. Um, but let's pretend your mom's not Ronda Rousey. If you want to become an MMA fighter, you're probably going to hire an MMA coach and not ask your mom for advice on how to become a professional MMA fighter. But for some reason, when we want to buy real estate, if your mom says no, you listen to her instead of listening to somebody who owns hundreds of millions of dollars worth of real estate. So filter the advice through somebody who has done what you want to do. Yeah, that's a great point. Great advice. All right. Well, David, thanks so much for coming on the show. Before we get going, where else can people find you online? Yeah, if you want to reach out to me directly, Instagram's best. Uh, I still respond to my DMs there personally at For Military Millionaire. If you want to join the community, uh, really anywhere you look online, if I've done my my job right, From Military to Millionaire or Military Millionaire, and I will pop up on every platform. All right, awesome. Thanks so much, Either David. With an obnoxious mustache or a big old beard. <laughs> cool. Thanks, David. Thanks, brother. If you enjoyed this interview and want a chance to ask questions to our guests live, tune in on Tuesdays when new episodes premiere on the Heights Platform Facebook page. To learn more about the show and get notified when new episodes release, check out thecreatorsadventure.com. Until then, keep learning, and I'll see you in the next episode.